Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. for the Lord and you may be seated. Now, let me just say the reason why the Holy Spirit led me to raise those worship songs is because while we were worshiping, um, burdens were supernaturally melted by the power of God. And you see, sometimes it's not physical, it's not what you can see. When the anointing of God is in a place, and you see, for some of you, that's the proof of this house. That the, the heaviness you came with to church just disappears by the Spirit. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. All right, let's get into it. Good morning, church. This morning, we continue our teaching series on love, relationship. The month of February for us as a church is usually a month where we talk about relationship, love, and all the likes. And we started last week Sunday, and we are going to just continue this Sunday. Have you been blessed so far? So last week Sunday, um, we decided to do it a different way. Um, we decided to preach together, and this Sunday, we felt the same way to preach together on this again, all right? And I truly believe that um, you will be really blessed. Now, a few things I said last week Sunday, but I want to reiterate them again this Sunday. Is that there are certain things that matters to believers and matters to God. Um, and even in society that you see. But unfortunately, uh, society has made it believe that you don't talk about some of those things in church. And these are things that control the lives of people. One of which is money. Another is the topic which we are focused on this month is on relationship and as a church family the new churches we are very bold talking about it without mincing words without trying to you know carpet it in a way that sounds socially pleasing because it's very important it is important to God glory be to God and that's why you see you can have a very good business a very good ministry a very good career but if you have a troubled home, it will trouble every other thing that you think is good in your life. And so it's very pivotal and it's very important. And that's why we are focused on this and that's why we are teaching on it. Alright, so by means of introduction, let's read the scripture together. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 22. 
Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 22. And so I, we read it together. If we have it on the screen, Ephesians chapter 5. Okay, you can read. Are you there with your Bibles? All right, let's read it together. One, two, ready, and go. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Keep going, let's keep going. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ has loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to, to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own, his own wife as himself, and let his wife see that she respects her husband. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right, to start with, this concept of marriage, relationship, and love. You know, we see a lot of marriages that are broken homes and the likes. But I want to say a few things to, as a means of introduction to this. Most of the marriages that failed did not fail. In fact, let me put it this way. Marriages don't fail inside the marriage. Many times, the marriages failed before the marriage ever started. What do I mean by that? You see... There are some signs while you are about to enter into that relationship or while you are about to enter into that marriage or while you, before you say, I do, there are certain things that you most likely saw but you ignored them. Certain things. You see, there are some things that are debatable and there are some things that are non-negotiable or there are some things that are negotiable and there are certain things that are non-negotiable. For example, what are the non-negotiable? A guy who you know, no matter what you say, and you should not say something wrong in a, in a way, but will never hit you. If you are marrying somebody, or you are dating somebody, and in the first three months of your relationship, you make a slight comment, just by joke, or by play, or by seriousness, or whatever case it is, and the moment he does, you say that, you got to see him charge towards you. I, I go, I, is it me you are talking to like that? I, I was like, you know that that is a non-negotiable. There's no, see, no matter the amount of prayer you pray, when you get married to him, that thing is inside of him. When you pray about him not hitting you in marriage, the first sign that you should not be in that marriage is that he will beat you first. So they are non-negotiables. So there are, there are things you will see in the marriage that you, pardon me, in the relationship that you can tell that, hmm, can I live with this one or can I not live this one? I'll give you another example. Something like, I love everything about her, but she doesn't dress well. They're negotiables. It's not, 
It's not anything that cannot be changed. Listen, I have seen people who decide not to marry somebody because of that thing. I've dealt with issues like that. I'm telling you, not once, not twice, not three times, not four times. You like him, yes. Is he born again? Yes. Is he this one? Yes. Is he, does he have good value? Yes. But I just don't like how he looks. I don't like how he dresses. So because of that, you are going to neglect every other thing for how he looks, how he dresses. Now, it's a pointer of people's priorities. What people are looking out for. And those, those things happen in marriage. So if you look at it very well, you realize that some of the challenges that we, we've had to cancel many couples and many relationships and all of that. You see that some of the challenges and why certain people get into some relationships is because the pointers were there. The pointers were there. So when they get into the marriage or the, the marriage and they begin to have issues, then you know that these things were there before. You only blinded your eyes to them. And that's the reason why we are doing some of this teaching. And we're going to start from the foundation, starting from the premise of knowing who to marry. What are the things you look out for? I've seen single people, especially when you ask them, what do you, who do you want to marry? Some people don't even know. It was before people used to say, Todd, that can answer them. Now they've changed that one now. I think now it's more of let him have money. Am I talking? Uh-huh. Let him have money, let him have focus, but let the focus bring money. It was before that, uh, let him have focus. No, the focus must be bringing something now. So let's give you five things that you must pay attention to uh, before you get married. Meaning that you look at the person's life and the person has, you know, that in their life. So let's start with the first one. So babe, you want to go to the first one? All right. Glory to God. Number one is, as a believer, you need to marry a Christian or a believer. Glory to God. You need to marry someone who you share the same values with. You believe in the same things. You believe in the supremacy of God as a believer. That's right. As a believer. Because that's like the crux. Like, that's just the crux. Like, that's what every other thing is going to be built on. So you need to marry someone who you, who you, you, get, you get, you both believe in the same God. You believe that Jesus rose, Jesus died and rose again. You know that Jesus died, but he didn't rise again. You know there's going to be a problem. <laughs> Glory to God. So you must, the foundation is that you must marry a believer as a Christian. So that when you guys get into marriage, when you guys get into your relationship, and when you have children, you'll be able to direct them in the way they should go. Glory to God. So that's the first. Let first me just thing. add to that. Because these days now, I'm a guy, so let me, let me, let me cast the guys. Some guys, eh, that believer thing, let's even frame it well. Be <laughs> because, you know, you can say, just because I say in the name of Jesus does not mean I'm a believer. Okay? Just because I come to church does not mean I'm a believer. So you see many ladies come to say, Pastor, I want to marry him. Honestly, honestly, there's just something about his destiny that just connects with my own destiny. There's just something about his purpose that just connects with my own purpose. I, you know, as a pastor, we hear all sorts. Especially when sisters come and say, God spoke to me. You know, let me tell you something. The moment you tell a man, God spoke to you, am I, <laughs> what, are you supposed to, what am I supposed to do? God has spoken and God's word is final. And in the new, God's word is what? final authority. Now, 
you must understand the same value spiritually, meaning that your doctrines align. Doctrinal alignment. So I'll give an example. You know that there are certain denominations, they are both Christians, but you can live in the same house but still fight. Because some person believes that I just only need to pray to God Jesus, but the other person believes I should pray to angels to take my prayer to God. There's going to be worries. There's going to be fights. There's going to be issues. So there has to be doctrinal alignment. And you must see that this person is truly a believer, not a church attender. Let me tell you something. Guys can come to church because they want to marry. Forget it. Oh. Don't go and think they will come. They will, in fact, they will join units. After they are done with the wedding, they come and tell you that, okay, forget this thing. I mean, there's so many stories. I mean, I think I remember um, um, one of the stories that Dr. Keith shared about someone who was called into ministry and then she got married. Can you guys hear her? Can, can we get the mic? Your, your mic. Not very well. I'm not sure they can hear her. Can you hear? Glory to God. Can you hear me now? Okay, there's so many examples. You just need, and one thing you need to, you know, for ladies most especially, let me speak for the ladies. Glory to God. You need to be discerning. Mm. Very discerning because men can be very trickish. They will do everything. They can come for all the prayer meetings. They will show up, they will scabash, they will pray for you, but you ultimately need to be discerning. And that's why you have the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a very real life example. So I remember there was a time when, I mean, I wasn't thinking of being in a relationship, but then I met someone. And of course, the person knew how serious I was with God and how, you know, how strong my faith, I was about my faith and everything. And I started to notice that this person used to rap like, Rap, rap, you know what I mean, right? Rap like rap. me. They had that, those type of rap that PSAD used to do. And all of that. He wanted to, you know, anyway, cha, rap. <laughs> and so, I, and of course, we started, we got talking and everything and all of that. And then, I just noticed that all of you, so I started listening to Bishop Boedekbo's messages. I'm like, okay. But well, it's changing, that's, that's a sign. Yeah, it's, it's a sign. But I knew that it, was, it wasn't, it, it wasn't really really after it was just to get me do you understand what i'm trying to say did he get you why are you here if you got me you'd be here now <laughs> glory to god so you need to be discerning hallelujah you need to be discerning because her jesus glory to god hallelujah you know the purpose of marriage first is that your marriage is a worship to God. Your marriage is a worship to God. It's not just that, oh, you know, you know what makes me laugh the most is that many people think that love is enough for a marriage. It's not, oh, it's not. We are five years now, I realize that love, in fact, patience, patience, I'm sure she will do her own too. I'm telling you. So, you must understand that your marriage is a spiritual sacrifice to God. Now, you have to ask yourself your question. Is this marriage a spiritual sacrifice to God? Two of us, are we spiritual sacrifice? Or we are both, you know, Elijah and the prophets of Baal together in one house. You have to know that. It's possible. So, Very possible. number two. Okay, I'm taking number two now. 
So we're talking about how to know who to marry and the pointers that you should pay attention to. Number two is character. Please write this one down. Character. Hey! Hmm. Man, let me speak to you. Oh, yes. <laughs> let me speak to you. <laughs> let me come to the side. <laughs> See, men, when a, I'm telling you the truth though, no matter how lovely this woman is, if a tongue cannot be tamed, it would affect your marriage. Tamed in two ways. Listen to me very carefully, please. Number one, she cannot keep her mouth shut. Everything she sees, she says. You have to caution it. You see a bed now? Can you see the bed? You see a flower? You see the flower? Now, I'm not saying you cannot talk, but you see signs that everything can be said. The day you get a new job, your father-in-law, your mother-in-law, your cousin, everybody will know in the house. Let me tell you something. As a married couple, one of the things you must learn together is the vocabulary of silence. There are certain things you don't say until it is time to be said. That's the first thing. Number two is that her tongue is full of abuse. Meaning she sees you and it's Martin, see your big, big rubbish soul. See your big rubbish lifetime. You know that one day as you are Taking it in, you're taking it in. What's going on really is that your hand, every time she says it, your hand is raising up, raising up, raising up. One day you might mistake it. You will do something you never thought you can do. So you have to pay attention to that. So you look at character, all right? And character, does, that doesn't mean that she has to come and kneel down before you. I, I mean, my wife doesn't come to kneel down before me to serve my food. Guys, let me say some things. Some of those things, eh? You saw them from your father now. They saw let me share a story. I share this story every butterfly. Every butterfly. Many years ago, when my wife and I got married, we agreed that every time in the house you eat or I eat, you take the plate and go and wash the plates. That's the agreement as a married couple. So I'll do it. Once I eat, I wash my plates. Everybody, I mean, division of labor, everybody is happy. One particular day, I was playing game in the sitting room. My wife just came, I just ate, dropped the plate in the kitchen. My wife just came and said, babe, your plate is in the kitchen. In my head, my head just is like, I was just like, bagang, 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 bagang. In my head, I was thinking, ha, 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 Where I'm coming from? Where I'm coming from? Ah, why will you be telling me? Because we grew up seeing it. When you grew up then, your father has one chair. Nobody sits in the throne of grace. <laughs> Nobody sits on that chair. Throne of grace. Your father has a plate and a spoon. Nobody. Aha. It's the spoon from which God feeds from. So you don't touch it. So eventually, out of the fact that we have agreed, I went to the kitchen to wash the plates. And honestly, as I was washing it, I was thinking to myself, that can I just imagine my father just walks in? He just comes to visit us and enters and says, Hey! <laughs> you know, so character doesn't necessarily mean she's doing that, but you see the virtue, a true Christian character, our words, our speech, our courage, 
All right? Those things are very important. All right, the next thing is... I thought you wanted to speak to character for men. No, 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 you've done justice. I've done justice. So it's for both male and female. Yes, both. Yeah, exactly. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. So the next point is marry your friend. I always tell people that um, the basis of any relationship or what, what, what can thrive or what can make a relationship, a relationship thrive is on friendship. You need to be friends. Can you hear her? They need to be, you need to be friends. You need to be friends. Can you hear me now? Okay. So you need to be friends. You need to get to know each other first. You need to, and one of, there's one thing my husband usually says often. He says, when you, when you know that you like someone or when you know that, you know, um, you're going to be in a relationship with someone, one of the things you need to do is you need to, you need to have conversations. You need to be friendly towards one another. You don't start the relationship all goofy, goofy, goofy. And even if it starts all goofy, goofy, or all gooey, gooey, alls and ahs and ooh, and the, you know, butterflies, when you see them like this, oh, the butterflies in your belly will just be rumbling. With that butterflies, take out time to be friends. Take out time to be friends. Learn, learn to be friends with each other. Be, you be G's. Glory to God. And, and you know that when you do that, you, there's some things you'll be able to get through. There's something you'll be able to find out about that person. Because you know when you are friends with someone, they are somehow comfortable with you to an extent. Yeah. But when they are not, they are still, their gods are still up, up. And there are some things that they might be hiding, you may not be able to see. Are you guys getting it? So it's very, very important for you to, you know, start, you know, um, know that the foundation of any relationship, one of the foundation, one of the metrics, is that you get to, you know, you guys be build it on friendship. That's right. Build it on friendship. It's very, very important. Build it on friendship. And then, as you now move on, you know, I mean, let me give you one very funny example. There was a time that when I was still, I think maybe 26, 20, 2006, there was one of my friends, we were very, very close friends. And then he told me that he liked me. I'm like, why should, I mean, why would you tell me this type of thing? And then he says, who am, am I supposed to like? It's your friends, right? It is out of your friends. One of those people that, you know, with you or your, you guys are together, that you'll be able to, and it's usually easy. It's usually easy when you guys start off as friends. Hallelujah. In fact, let me put it this way. Don't look for a wife and make her your friend. Look for a friend and make her your wife. All right? Look for a friend. Because, you see, I never understand when people say, uh, I can't marry her, she's my friend. I'm wondering, who else do you marry? Marry her because she's your friend, okay? See, I, I sometimes wonder this. When single people think about marriage and like, oh wow, that marriage. What do you think happens inside marriage? It's friendship. You see, after some time, all those, when you see him, when you see her, after some times it begins to dwindle, but there are things you do that you can keep finding the flame of it. The real thing that makes any relationship last, I'm telling you the truth, is friendship. My wife and I were five years last um, on Friday. And I tell you the truth, it feels like we are two days. I'm telling you the truth. Now, I'm not saying this because we're on stage. I mean, people can say all those things because we're on stage. But it's really what it is. We've never had a situation where, you know, we just drag ourselves and say, I, I will show you today that leave all those man of God. Oh, leave all those man of God. Oh, I will show you man of God, self, the man. Why? Because we are really friends. We were friends before we started dating. Alright? In fact, let me tell you what. When we both knew 
that God want, was leading us to each other. Um, and we both knew we were going to say yes to each other in that sense, right? Hopefully. There's no way. All those... Uh, uh-uh. No, look me now. <laughs> she not going to say yes. <laughs> no, see now. Uh-huh. Anyway, let me continue. <laughs> now, watch this. We did not, I did not ask her out until after one year. I did not ask her out until after one year. Now, I'll share with you because the Lord put it in my heart for us to share the way we got married. All right? It's a spiritual story. So, I'll share that at the end. But you see, I didn't ask her out. Why? Because just because God has said is not enough. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? The Bible says, uh, uh, through wisdom, a house is built. Through knowledge, it is filled with all good things. I always like to use this example to say this. Because, you see, many people just say, oh, all I need to do is to pray about it. And then, if God says so, I don't need to have any other thing. I just take the word of the Lord. Yes! But let me explain that thing to you to balance it up for you. Wisdom, a house is built. Meaning that you build a house with wisdom. The carcass, the building is with wisdom. The wisdom then speaks of the word of God. The wisdom of God. Then it says, through knowledge, it is filled with all good things. The same way you can't go and move into a carcass house. You can't move into a house that is just carcass. There's no interior, there's no chair, there's no bed, there's nothing. It's just, you know, it's just blocks and woods and lights and you move in there. You can't move in there. For you to move into a house, it has to be filled, it has to be painted, it has to have chairs and all of those things. So through wisdom, a house is built. Through knowledge, it is filled with all good things. The knowledge there is the know-how. How both of us will work this thing together. God is the building which is, yes, go ahead with this relationship. But the knowledge there is the working it out. The wisdom to work it out. Are you getting what I'm saying there? And that's very, very important. Because there are many people who don't have the knowledge. And that's why it always looks as though what God said, God never said it. If God says, marry this person and there is no balanced knowledge, you will marry the person or you will date the person, you guys will break up. What broke that relationship up is not that God did not speak. God spoke. What broke it up is that both of you did not have the prerequisite knowledge to fill the house with all good things. And so that's very important. Marry your friend. The next one. All right. The next one is compactibility. Compactibility. You know, I don't want to touch this one. We'll touch this one on Butterfly's Day. Sexual compatibility. We'll talk about that one. Please, if you are not making plans to come for butterflies, you are, you are, it's, it's March 3rd. Am I correct? Ma- okay, you know the date. March 5th. So we do this every year. Um, we have a conference. We call it a, a stage play. Yeah, we call it Butterflies. And it's usually um, a stage play. And this year, it's also going to be a stage play and a conference of some sort where we're going to talk about relationship, ask questions, my wife and I. It's going to be so powerful. This year, we are having it at Muzon Center. All right? Muzon Center. It's, I don't know the time yet, but we'll pass across the time to you. So make plans to be there. All right, compactibility speaks about both of you. Now, compactibility doesn't mean similarities. Because some people are looking for similarities. Though. We are both similar. My wife and I, we are not very similar. I, I want to talk sometimes. We are not similar. 
we are similar. <laughs> it, let, me, let me give an example. I never understand it in my life if you have an issue, but you want to internalize it. For me, once there is issue, let's solve it now, now, now. Let's solve it now and move on. But for some of them, yeah. <laughs> for women, for some women, they, not all women, for some women, they want to think about it, they want to process it, they want to go through it, they want to feel the emotion, they want to massage it, they want to love on it, they want to feel it. Eventually, they want to talk about it after two weeks. For me, like, two weeks, the, the world is going, the world is going. They were talking about it in two weeks. You know the one that I always feel like, say, hey, babe, that thing that happened, wait, which thing? I can't remember. That's how God created us. We are unique in our own way. You know, somebody said something. And this is very important for you to get married well. Someone said that if you marry well, all right, the devil is angry. But if you marry wrong, the devil is happy. Why? Because he doesn't need to stress you again. He has given you the person. So the devil is no longer on your matter. The moment you marry wrong, he just leaves your house. He packs his bag and says, okay, hold that ball. Because the you have moved in with, with the person that will show you how the devil looks like. May you marry right. Amen. All right, the last one is teachability. Someone say teachability. Teachability. See, one of the things you want to look out for, you know, for in any lady or in any guy is this quality. I'm telling you. The, the ability to be able to, how will I put it? What? To listen and to, you can teach this person. Yeah. Is one of the greatest qualities. Yeah. Because see, if you get married to someone who nobody can talk to, you are a super. Because even you, what you say will not mean anything to them. And as long, alongside with teachability, someone who is also accountable. Someone that, okay, you know who he respects or who she respects, that when the, the, he or she is not acting very well, you know who to call and say, Ewa baba boy is sorrow, Ewa baba baby is sorrow. Do you understand what I'm saying is, come and talk to this guy, come and talk to this girl. So you need someone who you can teach, who when you speak to the person or when you correct the person or when you give the person feedback, yeah. the person can listen and then change. No, that this is how I am. Oh, this is how God created me. Oh, no, I'm not going to move. Oh, I'm not going to change. Oh, if if you see that those traces, please, from me is a red flag. Just do like this X. No, because when you get married, he's not going to listen to anything you have to say, even if it is of value, because he's only moved by what he can see or whatever mindset that he has. So look out for a lady that is teachable, a guy that is teachable and is also accountable. Glory to God. Let me just add to that. You see, guys, you must understand this principle in life. The higher you go, men, please, the higher you go, the lesser the strong voices in your life. The higher you go, the lesser the strong voices in your life. And what that means is because some people might feel like I can't reach you anymore or speak to you again because of the level that you are in. A very good example, I think we were in Paris or Italy, I can't remember which one it was. Something happened and my wife said, you know, babe, I'm going to report you to, you know, Dr. K. I'm telling you the truth. She just said it. The moment she said it, 
there was like a reset in my head. Like, wait, wait, go later here now. Uh-uh. Later here now. You get what I'm saying? Why? Because there's someone in your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it's very important. Now, we also live in a generation that you don't even need to go higher. Now, everybody's a God. So, who, who are you? Nobody can talk to me. Nobody can. So, don't marry. To God. All right, so let's look at some other things. Um, thank you, Lord. How to know if he really, if he's really serious about you or not? So we we'll do for ladies and for guys. So I'll take for ladies. Let's do about three of them because we still have a lot of things to cover. Or should we do this first? Okay. So how to know if he really is serious about you? or not number one let me look for the last one it would include you in his conversations every time he's talking about his future plans it would include you so let me give an example if you are talking to a guy and you guys are not married yet, you are still trying to get each other to know. And every time he's talking, everything you keep hearing is I, 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 I. Just know that you are actually in a relationship with yourself. You will see it in his future plan, in the way he converses with you, the things that he says. Now, let me put a caveat there. A guy can tag you along with future plan, but doesn't have a future with you. Are you hear what I'm saying? How do you know? How do you know? If you are dating him, ask him some critical questions. Listen, a guy doesn't find it hard. If you ask him, how many children do you want to have? He can tell you ten. Then he asks you, how many do you want to have? You say three. He can bring his ten to three to meet up with you because he wants to marry you. Ladies, some questions don't show that he really wants to marry you. Some of these questions, how many children do you want to have? Where do you want to live? How many cars do you want to drive? Uh-uh. Should I give you a question you can ask him? If you ask him some of those questions, if you ask him some of those questions, you will hold him here. Should I give you one? kindly say it. Okay. Okay, let me say one. Let me give you one. Let me give you one. Ask him that on this journey together, don't say what do you see because he can tell you I see us going together. The first one year of our wedding, our marriage, what are the first things you are going to do together? The first one year of our wedding of our marriage, what are the things you are going to do together with me? Let me tell you something. Every guy, every guy that has plans has pictured you in his plan. If he begins to rumble in words, uh, 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 know that I'm telling you, go and try it. You will see that it will save you. 
You don't believe it? Go and try it. Just one, 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 just one. Let's keep going. Okay, so how to know if... So I'm speaking to the guys now. You're speaking to the ladies, right? Okay. I'm speaking to the guys. How to know if she really, 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 really loves you. Hallelujah. Number one is that she wants to save your resources and not squander it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. What? <laughs> the ladies don't want me to say this, but it's true. A lady who genuinely loves you and who has pictured herself with you, you know, she'll be looking, if you are, if you are a spender or you want to overspend, she'll say, why are you spending this thing? Why are you, why do you want to do this? Because she also knows that, you know, she feels like, you know, she, you love her or you prioritize her as well. She will do the same for you, where your finances and everything about you is concerned. She will not want you to spend. But you see, if you are just spending and they're just bringing all their friends, you are going now, you are going to Black Bell, you are going to all these places. Just know that there is no future in that place. Glory to God. You know, she will want to, I mean... I mean, I, I saw one video on Instagram of a lady. They, saw, they said reality and then real life. So I think the guy um, put in the, in, the, in the truck roses. I don't, how many of you have seen that video? Roses. He put a lot of roses and then I think he opened it and then something came out. The next day, the lady was going back to return the gifts because the money was too much or something like that. That's just an example. But a lady who loves you and who is committed to you and who sees her future with you will make sure that you don't squander your resources. Hallelujah. Because she's also thinking of, of herself too and the future with you. Hallelujah. Guys, a lady you are dating, every time you want to take her out, every time, she just calls her friend and say, Baby, we're gonna party tonight. We're gonna pa, 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 pa. First day, party tonight. Second day, we party again. Pa, pa. Every single time. When you go out, she makes order. Anything I want, I order. Then she orders for all her friends. See, some guys, you know, love the blind, huh? If I was the one, I would stand up there and be going home. So I'm not saying they won't go out. I'm, listen, let's balance it up. I'm not saying they won't invite their friends sometimes. But once it's a culture, you can see that your resources doesn't matter to her. You know, she gets angry, you don't have money. Why don't you have money today? You know that that's a red, red flag. All right. Number two, how do you know if he really serious, really serious about you for ladies? He would introduce you to the people that matter in his life. Wait, 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 wait. wait. See. Wait. Let me balance it. Don't me. worry. Just Hold calm on. down. Hold calm on. down now. Uh. Hold on. Let me tell you something. Hold on, everybody. People are really so Gushegeu. <laughs> The way people are doing, like, ah, Mrs. O, that's, uh, that one is smarty, no. Ah. <laughs> but wait, calm down first. Calm down. All right, let me tell you Calm what. down. Number one. <laughs> wait. If you... <laughs> introducing him, introducing you to his friends is not a big deal. 
Especially the friends that are in on it, if it's just there for what he can take. If it's his friends, listen, if it's his friends, his friends can collaborate along to know that uh, our wife. Our wife. <laughs> it's not our wife, but you will cook all the food. Wash all the clothes. You wash all the, you know, at the end of the day, you will not marry him. But you see, there are some critical people in his life. I'll give an example. You know, that's why, see, guys and girls, please, when you go on those dates, ask critical questions. But there's a way to ask it without asking it. It's not that, number one, you have put out your iPad. Number one, are you, are you born again? No, no. There's a way in your conversation you are, you are asking your questions. You can ask through scenario-based questions. That works all the time. So you ask him questions. You know, who are the critical people in your life? Da, 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 da. After some time in that relationship, if he's not introducing, today he says, ah, I, want you to ta- I want to take you to go and meet uncle, so, so, and so. And you know that that uncle, every time that uncle calls, he picks the call. You can see that reference for that uncle, or his father, or his biological, whatever it is. Today he wants to take you, to say something happened, we can't go again. Tomorrow, uh, something, he's dodging, know that he's not ready for you yet. You will know the people that are important in his life. And let me say something to you. When you go to those people's places, shine your eyes. It's not that they say, oh, hey, welcome home. You open, you check. That's why, as a believer, one of the best gifts you can have is discernment. You enter into the place, you can tell that, no, there's something off here. So, it's not just friends. Though. Friends can be the ones to say, let's keep going. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The next one for ladies to know if a lady loves you or really likes you is that she will be committed to you 100%. Hallelujah. The thing about ladies is once we like someone or once we love someone, every other person doesn't matter but you. The women are, once a woman likes you, that's just how we are. She loves you like 100%. If any guy is toasting her, she say, I have a boyfriend. I have a boyfriend. I have a boyfriend. Some women know. So wait. I, that's why I said a woman that really likes you. I didn't say a woman who wants to play you. A woman that really likes you and wants to spend the future with you. She's going to, and she, the, thing, and the thing about women is, it doesn't matter how much she has to, how long she has to wait. She will wait for you because she's committed to you. I'm talking about women who really loves you. They will wait for you. They are committed to you. They will not pick any other guy's call. <laughs> uh, is it? Wait. So that means the... So what you are saying now is that the version of women we have in this generation have changed. <laughs> but ladies, let's be honest. If you like a guy, if you really like... I'm not saying you are not you are unsure. I'm saying you like the guy. Won't you give him your 100% attention? You will. Stop, don't be in denial. You will. Except you are not sure or you feel like the guy is doing like this. If you are sure and you know that this guy is also committed to you, you will give him your 100% attention. Uh-huh. So, guys, take notes. You will see, she will be talking to, to, talking to her friends about you. She will be, when they are having conversations, your name will just be coming up. You know this guy even said that. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? Who is this guy? That's how you know that a lady is really serious about you. All right, number three, and we'll move to the next thing after this. 
is he would be willing to invest in the health of the relationship. All right, he'll be willing to invest. If you guys have issues um, and you say, let's talk about it, he will not always try to defer it. Oh, I'm busy. Oh, no, it's not a good time. Oh, no. You know, he doesn't really want to talk about it. Some guys are like that. They are not quite confrontational. But if you know that he really likes you, one of the signs you will see is that he'll be willing to have those conversations. He'll be willing to go any length to see it work. Yeah, he'll be willing to do that. He'll be willing to talk to people. He'll be willing. You will see that, you know, willingness there. If every time you come and say, I'm busy, John. You know, or you call him and say, I'm not coming. I'm not doing. Please, pay attention to those warning signs. And let me just say this here before we go to the next thing. I really, just from my experience and just talking to couples and relationships, we realized that, and we've had this conversation a couple of times, that there were many warning signs that people saw but overlooked them. You saw it. In fact, sometimes it's not that you even saw it. The people you were talking to showed it to you. I'll give an example. When somebody comes to me and says, sir, I like this particular guy, the first question I always ask that person is, what does your friends, your good friends, good Christian friends, what do they think about him? Before I even say what I think. Because you see, sometimes characters are like smoke. You can't hide them. But you have to be discerning enough to see very deeper. It doesn't mean that you get into a relationship with that sense of suspect. Because that's the problem. You don't suspect everybody. Say, you, I know, I know you didn't really want to marry me, but I will still date you. No, you would have issues in that relationship. All right? Glory to God. All right. So let's go to things you, should, you need to check in preparation before getting married. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you guys learning something here today? Okay, so the first thing is selflessness. Hallelujah. Someone say selflessness. A lot of us are very selfish. I didn't know how selfish I was until I got married. My husband used to tell me that baby are selfish. I said, why will you tell me that I'm selfish? You need to check your selflessness level. If everything you always think about is you, you are not ready. You, yeah. you are not ready. A lot, I mean, when we got married, a lot of times, when maybe after church or when we go out and I, or maybe when I come back, honestly, I'm always only thinking about myself, what I'm going to eat. <laughs> I'm casting myself now. What I'm going to eat. Sometimes I even forget to ask my husband that, hey, what are you going to eat? And the reason why is because I'm not trying to explain myself or I'm not trying to be defensive, but I grew up as an only child for a very long time and I grew up always doing things for myself a lot. So I usually don't have anybody around me or maybe... We didn't even usually have family members around a lot. Apart from my father, I want to cook for my father. And my mom doesn't really eat. My brother can help himself. Then me, I find my way. I eat. Everybody's fine. But when I got married, I'm it was a movement. Ah, my husband. Anybody? I'm, okay, I'm, I'm sure you know my husband. People that know my husband know my husband. <laughs> you know, and my husband, on the other hand, he wants to be eating breakfast and the things like moi moi and custard in the morning. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> You know, so you need to check your selflessness level. Don't always think about yourself alone. When you go out, buy something for your spouse. I had to learn this from my husband. Most me, I go out, I go out, I come back, that's all. But my husband, he'll go out, he'll buy stuff. Like I said last week, you buy me sneakers or you buy me ice cream, buy me pink berry, all of these things I like. Then one day my husband said, babe, do you know that anytime you go out, do you used to buy things? So I say, boy, buy. 
was it like? But then I started to learn. I started to learn. So, I mean, last time I, I, I bought something for him. So I was proud of myself. Glory to God. So you need to check your selflessness level. It's one of the things you need to check. Marriage isn't just about you. That's right. It's two people becoming one flesh. So whatever you are thinking about yourself, you need to think about your partner as well. Whatever decision you want to make is also about your partner as well. So check your selflessness level. If you are not a selfless person, and let me tell you something, marriage will even teach you. It will teach you how to be selfless. Glory to God. So you need to check that um, in order to pressure. All right. I feel like this one, because you want to test me, that's why you want me to take this one. Because what? Okay, don't worry, don't get it. Okay. Because <laughs> my husband, I mean, this, this week, you see, at last week, you see, at this conversation. Which one of them? This one, this one. Oh, this, this one? one? Yes. This particular one? Yes. Oh. You take it. <laughs> you take it. I think it's better from you because, you know, you'll be able to expatiate. <laughs> Glory to God. Next one is you need to check your flexibility level. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, you need to be flexible. When you see marriage will make you see, there's something that when you get married, like I can't take. When you marry, you will take it. You will take it with joy and with laughter, with everything and boom for everything. You will take it. So be flexible. You know, check your flexibility level. Don't be rigid. I can be very rigid because once I program something in my mind, that, that thing must go like that. It cannot change. If it changes, it's a problem. I'm not usually okay, you know, but when you get, and my husband is the chief commanding officer of adventure. My husband can tell me that as we are going on this night, my husband can tell me that, babe, some people are coming by six o'clock. I'm like, really? But you didn't tell me. And he's like, ah. Yeah, that's it. They are just coming and you just move on. It used to cause fights a lot. I'm like, why will you, why will you just do things like that? There's a process. So I'm a process person. Like, things should be done in a, like this, like this, like this. You, you can't skip the step. You know, I'm like, please get rid of this process and let's just go straight to the point, you know. So you need to check your flexibility level. Be moldable. Don't, don't, don't have a particular way you think should be done. Glory to God. If you can achieve the same results, be bendable. Glory to God. So these are, these are things you need to, you know, check. Let me see if I'm missing anything. Um, yeah. Maybe you want me to take everything? Yeah. I just really feel like there was such an anointing on her while she was talking about it. I, I, no, honestly, I don't, have to, I don't have to disturb the process because I want to say something. There's such a tangible presence. You can feel it. That's, it's powerful. Glory to God. So on flexibility, there's something I wrote here. I said... When you come into marriage, you come as who you are. But as you go on, you learn who you need to be in the process. Hallelujah. You learn who you need to be. Because when you come with that, this is how I am. You'll be frustrated. And you and your spouse will not be able to live in peace, joy, and harmony. Glory to God. So it's one of the things that you need to learn. You have to be adaptive. You have to, and the thing is, as you go on in marriage you will change your spouse will change so there's some things that would generally just change as time goes on based on the level of growth based on the level of exposure based on time so be flexible be flexible don't do things the way your parents you because you've seen your parents do these things so this is how it should be done in my own home in some houses 
they pray together. Like, they do morning devotion. Husband yeah. and wife, they must stay like this and be praying every morning. Myself and my husband, we don't do that. I can't now say because my parents do that, so I must enforce it that in my house we must do that. If you have a conversation about that earlier and you guys come to an agreement, that's fine. But if not, do your morning devotion. Let him do it and you'll be fine. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. The next thing is your commitment level. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor. Make sure you check your commitment level before you consider getting married. This is so, so crucial. Commitment. Because in marriage, if, let's even forget marriage. As a person, at this sometimes that you know you need to do something but you don't feel like doing it. Does anybody here likes to write exam? But what do you have to do? You have to write it. You have to write it because you, first of all, you have paid money for that exam and that money cannot go to waste. And second of all, there's a goal you are trying to achieve. And in order for you to achieve that goal, you have to write that exam. Glory to God. So you have to check your commitment level. There are so many things I don't feel like doing. Many. <laughs> many things. Many, many, many things. <laughs> many. Many, 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 many things. Glory to God. <laughs> but because I, you know, we, we, we made a vow. Our marriage is a covenant. It's an agreement between two people because I made that covenant when we stood in front of our parents, in front of our friends, and we said, for richer, for poorer, for uh, what again? For better, for best, for better, for worse, for anything in sickness and in health. And sickness doesn't only mean when you are not feeling fine. Even sickness in your finances. Emotional sickness. Glory to God. You do what is required. I can't say that. And let me, you know, give. There was something that the Holy Spirit, you know, helped me with when we started our uh, our marriage was that seeing me. Once I'm angry, I'm angry. My anger does not. Use, my anger doesn't. Um, how like? But if I'm angry with my husband, I don't say okay. I'm just angry with him because of this. Then I move on. Once I'm angry with him, I'm angry with him. Everything I'm angry. So usually I don't care whatever happens to him. If you like, don't eat. That's your business. <laughs> You know, but one thing the Holy Spirit said to me is like, because you're angry with him doesn't mean that you will not do what you are required to do as a wife. So if I'm angry with my husband, I still go and cook his food. It's a commitment. It's a commitment. And love is not a feeling. It is a decision. It's a decision you make. And that is why a lot of marriages fail today because we are moved by our emotions. Because I feel like killing somebody. Should I kill someone? No. That's why we have so much, you know, sexual identity confused. Because I feel like a man, then I'm a man. Wow, what a presence. Wow. You know, I read somewhere, some, very funny, but I read somewhere, it's, 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 it doesn't, when you think about it really, it's going, it, it doesn't just make any sense. Because you don't feel like doing it, doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. And marriage is work. It is work. If you see a marriage working, it's because two people are working it. Not just one person. So you don't always have to be in the mood. You don't, and you know, one of the things I wrote here is that there's some things that you would do. And it's not that, it's not your inability to do it. 
but it's your, because you're unwilling to do it. So that means you can will to do it. It's not that you can't do it, but because you just choose not to do it. So even though you're not in the mood, even though you're not, you're not in the mood to do some things, you just have to do it. Glory to God. So you have to check your commitment level. That no matter what you do to me, no matter how much you annoy me, no matter how much you, you know, you, we don't agree in some certain things, I make that decision and I'm committed to you. Glory to God. Praise God. One of the things that I wrote here is that, and one of the survey that I see is that, that I read that I, and, I, and I did my findings was that 73% of divorce in this generation is because of lack of commitment. There were a lot of statistics. There were some for infidelity, some um, communication and all of that. But the highest was 73% was because of lack of commitment. When you are getting married, marriage is serious business. Marriage can either make or mar you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The next one is... Let me just uh, add something okay. to what she said about commitment. Um, one of the things you should pay attention to is the life pattern of your partner, true, true. the life partner, partner. True. and this is very important, um, if he or she is someone that every small thing they give up very easily, every small thing, it's just like, I'm not, I'm, it's done, I'm done, I'm just, it's over, I'm done, not necessarily with you, but in every single challenge, there is not that, that inner strength to want to forge, it's a very dangerous thing. It's a very dangerous thing. And it's something you must pay attention to. Because after some time, that's the same way they will no longer have the strength to work that marriage. If there's issues in the relationship or in the marriage, they will just tell you they are done as well. So you have to pay attention to that thing. Very, very important. All right, let's take one more and then we'll All right. Um, the next one is... Which one should we do? Forgiveness. Okay. Forgiveness. Hallelujah. See... What we do in marriage is to forgive each other. That's our work. To forgive each other. Because I am not perfect. You are not perfect. My husband is not perfect. He will offend me. I will offend him. So we need to practice forgiveness. So if you're always getting angry at the slightest thing, ah, you're not ready. You're not ready. You're not ready. You're not ready. You forgive just as Christ forgives you. If you offend God or if God is not pleased with you or if you know that you've sinned against God, you go back to God and ask God for, God for forgiveness and he will forgive you. It's the same thing as the marriage. My husband still got me angry this morning. Glory to God. What did he say? What did he say? I didn't say anything. That's anything. That's anything. You know, you need to forgive. Forgive. I mean, this morning I wasn't really, let me be vulnerable. I feel led to, you know, to do that. I wasn't really happy. He said something to me this morning and I didn't quite like it. And I was just like, before we came on stage today, I was just like, Holy Spirit, help my heart. Help my heart. Because I know that whatever I say is, is from my spirit and it will flow. And then, you know, he said something while we're standing there. I don't know. Well, let me just say, cha. you know, he said something. And when he said that, it felt like everything he said just melted. All the, all the anger and all the heart I had or whatever it is, just Christ melted. Just melted away. And I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit. Because prior to that, I was just telling God, Holy Spirit, help my heart. Help my heart. 
So in marriage, you will forgive. And you will not get tired of forgiving. It's before that I used to hold things tight to my chest. Now, it's just, it's not, there's no need. Especially when I'm married to someone like my husband. Because he consistently, constantly always annoys me. <laughs> Glory to God. And I'm sure I do the same as no, well. No, I told you. At all. You have never won. <laughs> ah, babe. Glory to God. So forgive. You must forgive. He's not perfect. I'm not perfect. Sometimes I'll be the one no, to no, say no. something Me that you'll just be like, what type of wife did I marry like this? So you, you, you have to check your forgiveness level. And the truth is, see, you cannot forgive if you, don't, if you don't really have a true walking with the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, it's the Holy Spirit that will convict you. Walk with the Holy Spirit. There's so many times that, you know, I've, even when I'm at fault or even when he's at fault, the Holy Spirit will tell me that just, 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 just. And see, if you are not, if you're not, you know, um, if you're not in tune with the Holy Spirit, so many, I mean, when I look at a lot of, you know, marriage issues that, you know, we, we, I, 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 that we have, that I have conversations with, at the crux of it is that pe- they are not willing to forgive each other. There's resentment. There's no forgiveness. And when there's no forgiveness, your marriage cannot move forward. Yeah. And you will not have peace of mind. Because that grudge, you just be holding it tight to your chest. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And what better way to, it, is, it, it is to bring your burden to God, to bring your burden to Jesus. He says, come unto me, all you that labor and heavenly, and I will give you rest. Your husband cannot give you rest. He doesn't have the capacity in him. Putting that is a burden that he cannot bear. Only Jesus and only the Holy Spirit can bear that burden for you. So your forgiveness level is really, really important, you know, when considering getting married because you, it's a long life journey and he might still offend me tomorrow and I'll still have to forgive him. Hallelujah. You it's only me that is to offend you. I didn't say, I said, I'm no, just, no, no, because I was speaking before, that's why I said <laughs> now, such. this is such powerful um, teaching. Please, let's put our hands together for her. You know, that, that was... Very powerful. Very powerful. Please be seated. I want to just say a few things as we close because of time that we have. I want you to write this down. I'll just read them out. No time to really explain it because we have to start closing service now. Um, 11 wrong mindsets that you must change before you get into a marriage or a relationship. Number one is you must have you must have multiple relationships before you settle down. I'm talking about myth that people have about relationships and you have to change them before you get married. Oh, I have to marry, I have to date like at least 10 people then I can now know the kind of guy that I can really be with. That's a wrong mindset. What happens to you is that when you are done with one loving one, the next time you move to the next one, you would always want the next one to be like the first one that you loved. And you'll be judging the first one based on the second one that you now have. So you have a backlog of relationship. All right? Very important. Number two, settling down because time is ticking. Listen, I say to you again, it is not a must to get married. Paul said so in the Bible and it's very clear. Just because time is ticking, it's better time ticks 
than your destiny takes away. It's better. Because some relationship, I told you, some guys, as, you have, as they marry you or the lady as she marries you, the devil has moved into your house. And when the devil is in your house, is your father-in-law, is your sister-in-law, is your brother-in-law, is your cousin, and is your friend. So very important, all right? Don't marry because time is ticking. Number three, that statement that all men can't be trusted and all men has come, it's a lie. Please don't have, that's an anti-covenant thought. And please, ladies, stop saying those things. Your experiences doesn't validate the word of God. Amen. They don't validate the word of God. Number four, all right, number four is I can change my partner. All I need to do is I just need to press in in the place of prayer. I just need to get five more intercessors to join me in prayer. I just need to break bread every day. No, marriage only brings out, reveals the real person that you are married to. Glory to God. You know the concept of eggs. If you have five good eggs and you are about to fry egg, and you take one bad one and you break it inside the five and you mix it. All the egg is bad. Alright? So you cannot change something. I, so allow the Holy Spirit lead you. Don't think you can change anybody. Once you see those warning signs, commit them to God and cower. Glory to God. Number what? Number five. My partner will satisfy all my needs. This is a dangerous thinking. All I need to do is to ensure that he's a fine boy, he has money, he loves God, he prays well, he's patient, he doesn't get angry, he doesn't love other women, he's this one, that one. Yes, those are something, there are certain critical things there that you must, let me give you some example, ladies. Look at me, everyone, please, women. If you are here and you have a guy, every time you are going out or you're in a restaurant or, and women are passing and it's, it's salivating, just one woman pass is dangerous. Pay attention to body language. Very, very important. So don't think my partner can satisfy all my needs. Your partner cannot. It's not the Holy Spirit. He cannot. He would not satisfy all your needs. That's why before you get married, you must be complete. Yeah. Glory to God. Must be whole. Uh -huh. It's not my better half like that. Oh. It's my full half marrying another full person. Or my full fool. Because the concept of my, bet, my half, then you, your half, then you need somebody else to fill your half. We, we are full. Oh. It's just that we are two full people in a marriage. Glory to God. Number what? All right, I need to keep secrets from my partners, from my partner, because I don't want them to know everything about me. Now, let me give you some OT, OG wisdom. You want to hear? I should tell you, good. When you are dating the person, the first few months is not everything you say. As you progress in trust in that relationship, then you can start saying some more things. It's not the first day of your dating, you are already telling, do you know that I've aborted almost 500 times? You can't, now, there are some critical things you don't say. It's not when you now get married, now say, well, I didn't tell you. Well, the problem, no, you say it. Glory to God. I know of a relationship who the wife told the husband, you know, the doctor told me I can never have babies because of so-so and so-so and so things that I did. And the guy said, that's a trash. I'm going to marry you. I believe the word of God. God told me I'm going to marry you and that settles it. And I know them today. They are in this ministry today. And they are married today. And they have a child today. 
But you see, all of those things don't matter. You follow the voice of God. But you don't keep it. Then when the problem now starts, now say, uh, the real problem that happened is that, are you getting what I'm saying? So, don't keep secrets. Number eight is what? Seven, my relationship or marriage will complete me. I think I've talked that before. So you understand, you are complete in yourself. Glory to God. Number nine, love is all I need to make my relationship or marriage work. That's a blunt and lie. Love is not all you need. Glory to God. That's not all you need. Number 10, God's voice is all I need to make my relationship work. That's not true. God's voice is the anchor, but there is knowledge to make it work. Glory to God. Another one is all mother-in-laws are problematic. Not all mother-in-laws. Unfortunately, the one you got married to, mother might be. But not all mother. And there's a wisdom. I think we'll touch more about that, all right, at the conference on mother-in-law issues. That's number what? Ten. I think I've skipped one. I can't remember which one that one is. Okay, in marriage, aha. Uh-huh. For married people here, women, I'm telling you the truth. Though. My money is my money, your money is our money. Change that thing. And it's true. For a woman or for a man, our money is our money. For many women, my money is my money that you can have out of it when I want you to have out of it. But you, can, you have to change that. My money is our money. Glory be to God. Have you been blessed today? Have you learned something today? All right, let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask, O oh God, this day that as the word comes forth to them, as the word has come forth, touch their hearts. Let healings occur right now. Open their eyes to the things that they did not see and open their ears to the things that they did not hear and give them grace to work that which you've designed for them through their relationships and their marriages. In the name of Jesus, I declare every confusion disappears and I declare right now, let there be light. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Please put your hands together for the Lord and please celebrate my wife as she goes. Please don't stop clapping. Help me celebrate. We hope you were greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much he wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in his presence.